0: Some tips now for hooking in reluctant readers. Our guest is former primary school teacher turned writer Aaron Topp. His latest book is called Nor'East Swell, a young adult novel about a teenage boy, his love of surfing and the struggle of not knowing where his father is. Aaron Topp says in focusing on the reluctant reader, he has completely changed his writing style. Aaron, kia ora. welcome to Nine to Noon.
1: Oh, kia ora, how are you this morning?
0: I'm really well, thanks. I'd love to hear first about Nor'east Swell uh, and a little bit of what happens um, in the story. Uh, a lot of reluctant readers absolutely love anything that gets people out into the water, and I'm thinking of uh, breath, um, Tim Winton's wonderful writing. What's your story about?
1: Yeah, uh, so Nor'east Swell uh, is... It's about 18-year-old Woody and how his father is listed as having been abandoned by his family, and, and that's just how Woody sees it. But when he's on a surfboard feeling the surge of the sea, he somehow feels close to him. So Woody knows his rock star father was diagnosed as schizophrenic, and lately woody has been wondering if it's something that he could have inherited. He's hearing things, sometimes seeing things, and the pull to hit the surf is getting stronger. Alana, his girlfriend, is sticking close to his new And his new Aussie friend, Geordie, he's eager to come along too. Uh, So when they try to locate the source energy that seems to be driving him, um, they see that there's a large cyclone um, coming towards New Zealand. And uh, that starts to unravel the secrets in the story.
0: Wonderful stuff. There's a um, a thread through some of your writing. Um, I think uh, single fin and creating waves both had a surfing theme. Is that because it's a personal passion or just a gateway to readers? Certain readers.
1: Yeah. Well, there's always that that old mantra of write what you know. And when I was starting out writing, um, I you know I hadn't saved children from a burning house or or you know, done anything exciting and, and uh, or study wise, but one thing I knew how to do was surf at the time. And so I just combined the writing and surfing, um, you know, and, and just started from there. But one thing I really tried to, to do from the beginning, um, and Single Fin came out in 2006. So one thing I started way back then was to just try and tap into that reluctant reader um I, I was i was almost pulling a the teenager from inside me um and what i was like when i used to sit in a in an english classroom and, and a teacher would slap a the next book you got to read and there'd be a the habitual roll of the eyes and, and oh geez what are they making us read this time and i always told myself if i if i ever wrote um i was going to write something that i wanted to read and i guess i'd just sort of followed that through to my writing and uh, tried to write something that the reluctant reader would uh, would not roll their eyes at when the teacher slapped it on their desk. Uh, and it's been very successful. It's, it's a good formula for me. And I've had a lot of librarians, a lot of teachers say, thank you for writing something that's just not science fiction based or dystopian. It's very hard to get a lot of these, particularly young men, to be engaged in reading. Um, and so, having something that a lot of them are doing in their spare time, um, reading about something that they love, it just makes it really easy. It's a it's a win win for everyone. It is. So,
0: were you a keen reader? You talk about that situation. We can all remember it, where a book we had no interest in, um, in some cases, was you know read to us um, by a teacher, or it was the subject we were assigned. What was your experience yourself channelling again the young reader and you?
1: Yeah, I, I was a, a typical teenage boy um, that wanted to do everything but read. Uh, it's just because it's not because I didn't like it. It's just, yeah, had better things to do. And that is intergenerational. I don't think that's changed. The only thing that's changed now in modern times is the amount of distractions um, that's increased. Probably a hundredfold. So it's a, it's a harder game to be a a, a writer trying to uh, engage with those reluctant readers. But back back to the question, um, you know, the, despite the look of disdain I was probably giving those teachers, the the message that I tell students now is that thirty years later, those words from those pages are still sparkling in my subconscious. So. You know, I can still remember um, Jimmy from God from God Boy um, running his hands under boiling water to take away the pain of conflict. And my first experience of senior men's rugby at the age of 16, thanks to Forskin's lament, um, staying gold with a bunch of outsiders, um, learning that um, uh, some people were forced to eat loved ones somewhere in the middle of the Andes and alive, you know. Teachers and librarians at the time, the teenager doesn't really realise the magic and what they're trying to do, and it's not until later on when they've managed to get these children—not children, children teenagers—to uh, to read, and the cognitive development happens, and and they go on later in life to look back at it and go, ah, oh. it's often then when the light bulb comes on. And uh, but the point is, they never forget those books.
0: That's and really important. Yeah, great teachers you had, by the way, because great books, all of them that you were assigned, rather than something from you know, I won't say this because I'll have, I'll have incoming. <laughs> So I'll yeah. keep that opinion to myself. You know what I'm um, alluding to. Um, I yes. mean, they, they had New Zealand relevance. They had the kind of drama um, uh, that um, appeals to a younger reader in the case of, you know, the cannibalism involving a plane, a plane crash. So they yeah. were good books. There's no question of that. But you've just made yeah. a really important point. The apparent reluctance towards something doesn't mean that we're not... Or, or young readers are not absorbing and taking something in that they remember. There's two different things, isn't there, between moaning about something um, and being completely disengaged and not going there. Now, how do you determine the difference between the two?
1: Yeah, yeah, excellent. So it actually goes a bit deeper than that. So, and, and this is something that I've only really developed, um, learnt over the last sort of 10 years is you get the definition of a reluctant reader, but then it sort of branches into two definitions. You've got the reluctant reader that's actually got uh, educational issues. It might be um, dyslexia, things like that, that actually aren't. It means the reluctant readers, but there's an actual reason why they're reluctant readers. But then you've got the other branch where, is what I was sort of describing about myself, where um, there are a hundred other things you want to be doing than sitting down reading a book. So um, the, uh, the when it comes to getting the the teenage males in that in that latter example I gave, um, it's about letting them develop at their own pace. Um, they need to understand that books aren't like watching a movie. You don't learn to watch a movie first, but you sure have to learn to read first. So that means they've invested in something and they've done the hard yards and now open the door to betterment. So it's a, it's a beautiful piece of rewiring they've done on themselves. Um, And that's the, that's the, that's the important part that they need to start to understand. And then once they start to do that, it's a, you know, getting a, a, a reluctant reader to be engaged is a bit of a—it's a bit of a sales pitch. Um, you need to be able to find out what their what their paces like, what their topics they like to do, what form of book they read—is it a novel? Is it a graphic novel? Is it nonfiction? You know, that's where those interests. Making sure there's a wide range of books available for these teenagers. Is so important because while dystopian and science fiction is um, the most popular genre of uh, of storytelling and and books in the in any bookstore, it's actually the range that's very important. Um, you know, uh, my third book, Huck and Cody, was um, about a couple of mountain biking brothers. Um, that manuscript went to every publisher around New Zealand and and almost Australia, I think, Um, and everyone seemed to like the story in the publishing houses, but really they wanted, uh, has Aaron written something to do with a wizard or maybe vampires or or something like that? Because that seems to be the market that kids are reading. But, you know, I stuck to my guns and got that self-published because my belief is that it's about range. It's not about the market. If we want this what i call a a silent pandemic of illiteracy in uh in new zealand particularly within the young men we need to be able to cater for that range and understanding them on on an individual level librarians are fantastic at doing that Uh, does that that mean
0: aaron not being snobby if it is a surf magazine or a car magazine by the way
1: yeah no what's wrong with that i mean it's it's all about getting them engaged a surf magazine will lead on to well what else out out there is there um what's you know is it is does that lead into fiction um there's a lot of great surfing fiction out there i mean you touched on tim Winton's breath early on by far my favorite book of all time um it's uh you know Bringing it back as well, you know, the, the, um, the learnings that I've had as a writer is that don't throw the theme of surfing or, or mountain biking um, into the book because the story is always about the people. The, mm. What I try to do is make surfing, well, in Norris Swell, Single Fin, Huck and Cody. Um, surfing mountain biking i just keep it as a as a background theme as a as a driver of the story because ultimately um, the teens still want to be able to read about good storytelling and good good character development and story arches and uh and you know it's the it's the the trick of getting them to be engaged in the first place
0: Now, you mentioned, or I mentioned at the outset, that you've changed your your writing style in focusing on the reluctant reader. You're making some really important points, including the fact that the story has still got to be um, good enough to keep anyone reading. But also, you mentioned when you were a kid, there's a million things you'd rather be doing than reading. It's not that you don't like the reading, there's just all these other things to do. And that's kind of on steroids now with brains that are wired to having three devices going at once and just the kind of roaming that goes on for all of us, let alone digital native young readers. So how has it changed your writing style? This idea that you have to hook a reader, any reader in so that they want to keep going back to that book. How has it changed your writing style and, and what would you advise again for people trying to help readers?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a complex question, but I'll see if I can answer it the best I can. So, just going back to the, the first part of that question, um, I with Nori Swell, I really wanted to sort of step back and look at the goal of what I was trying to do. Sure, as a writer, all you really want to do is just write something that a publisher will um, will accept, and uh, and that's that's the main. Goal of every writer. But what I wanted to do was also um, put my art where it really matters and cater for that reluctant reader. And um, so, based on my first three books, I was comfortable I could tick um, writing a good story. But how was I going to really cater for that reluctant reader and just step back? Because if that reluctant reader wasn't going to read it, then what was the point of writing it? So, Thankfully, it takes one to know, I suppose. So at the time, I was spending a lot of time um, with Nora at the beginning of Norris, well, exploring concept albums and getting inspired how the rule books of music were being thrown out the window and, and different layers and textures were being used to tell a, st- a story or theme. So I suppose that inspired me first, just to sort of step back and I started to think about how to make the story as visually appealing to a reluctant reader as possible. So I wanted to um, treat every page almost like a blank canvas and um, the act of doing so was nothing short of liberating for me. So I I decided there had to be as much white space on the page as possible without dumbing the story down. That was really important for me. I did not want to cater for the reluctant reader and then completely forget about the core readers who would actually still enjoy a kick-ass story. So... I wanted to be minimalistic and strip back everything that didn't need to be there. So things like speech marks. I I chose I wasn't going to use any speech marks because that, to me, just seemed like unnecessary black ink on a page. Um, Super short chapters, so there's convenience and a sense of achievement and pace, because that seems to be the world teenagers operate in these days. at times, I use the structure of words to find a beat within the flow to keep it fresh. So um, I mean, I've, I've been told that a lot of the uh, the, the um, texture within the writing of Norris Swell is almost poetic. And that's what I, I, I wanted to do, just to try and keep that white space. Because when that teacher puts that book on a desk in front of a child, uh, in front of a teenager, the first thing I do is they're going to pick it up uh, and flick through it backwards. Um, And um, if they can see that it's not a daunting um, uh, amount of of words um, and just try and make it as visually palatable in that first instance, then you get them through the door. And then once they're through that door, it's about how do you keep them engaged? So... Trying to give them, um, you know, as much interest and, and give them something different while still maintaining all the rules um, as a writer that you want to get across to the reader. It was, it was really important, but it was highly liberating for me. And the more I explored it, it, it made more sense. It felt sort of, to me, it felt raw and punk rock and fresh, um, but I was making an educated gut feel. Um, and uh, just based on, you know, having teenagers myself, and and uh, feedback from from um, talking to classes over many years, and and librarians, and teachers, and and uh, other um, experts within the educational field.
0: Aaron, a lot of the questions that have come in have related to to the same topic: um, di- diagnosed dyslexic uh, children. Or young readers and references to um, structured literacy, um, several of them referring to this. Actually, harking back to your teaching days, do you do you want to comment on? As you said, the reasons for being a reluctant reader can be various, but one of them is clearly uh, dyslexia or another um, uh, reading challenge. Do you want to comment?
1: Yeah. Um... I'm, yeah, I'm not hugely qualified to be able to to um, talk about what's happened in the past, um, other than the fact that I think we need to celebrate that in recent times, dyslexia is becoming a far more uh, recognized learning disability. And I you know the more I, I learn about it, both my sons have got of various forms of dyslexia the more I read about it and learn about it and watch the development through my own sons and what they're managing to achieve and overcome it through fantastic support that that is there now in many um, schools and colleges, it it makes me um, just think of the challenges that so many generations before us had and what difference could have been done to those people. yeah, it's uh, it's it's very very important um, that it carries on being recognised, and more work needs to be done. And just having um, like children being helped with reader writers and exams, um, audio books, just all all sorts of um, new technological support channels that they can get. Um, as they've been, uh, you know, identified as ha- having these um, dyslexic yeah. issues, it's R- it's making a massive difference.
0: It's very interesting you mentioned the audiobooks. Just one other comment here before I let you go. I had, one, I had a struggling reader. The breakthrough for us was audiobooks. He heard sentence structure, pace, vocabulary and concept. He took English through to uh, level 13, year 13 and gained merit at primary school. He was in and out of reading, recovery, making little progress. Aaron, thanks very, very much. Aaron top the latest book, Nor'East Swell, a young adult novel.